If you're a regular listener to the Van City podcast and believe in what the church is doing, consider supporting Van City financially. Full disclosure, our church is small and in the throes of an ongoing struggle to make budget and to grow in the spiritual discipline of generosity. If you want to help out, visit vancity.church/give. I'm Josh Porter, and this is the Van City Church Podcast. The following teaching is the final entry in our series, James, Forgetting Your Own Face. If you are just joining us, or if you're new for the last few weeks, really for the whole summer, we have been in this ongoing, in-depth, line-by-line, word-by-word, really, study of one ancient first-century letter that we now call James, written by a guy whose name was actually Jacob. If you want to hear more about that, go back and listen to basically every episode of the podcast, and we say it over and over again. But here's the thing. The letter that we call James was designed to be opened in front of a group of people just like this and to be read from start to finish in one single sitting. Every single thing is one cohesive, continuing, linear unit of thought. And yeah, he addresses all kinds of different things, topics, ideas. It's remarkably dense, complex. It's beautiful. It's literary. It's artistic. It's convicting, upsetting, offensive, basically all the things I love about the scriptures. But it was designed to be opened in read in a single sitting with one group of people. So tonight we're going to capture two dimensions of early church practice. I hope that's the idea anyway. One is that, like I said, we're going to hear and experience, if you will, the letter that we call James from start to finish in one setting. And uh, I'm going to tell it to you guys from memory. That's the other thing, is that the, in the ancient church, you know, papyrus and pen were limited and scarce. So it was common practice for disciples of Jesus to commit long passages of Scripture uh, to memory. Entire books and letters would have to be transmitted be- via the oral tradition, which is just someone coming and telling someone else, hey, Paul says this, hey, James or Jacob says this. In fact, Jesus, you know, had the entire Old Testament committed to memory, so this is really nothing. So... We are going to sit before the scriptures, listen to them. My encouragement to you guys is, you know, you can read along if you want, or you can just listen. That's also the way that the early church would have experienced it. But to um, actually process this as a letter written to a single group of people in a time and place, yes, but that God himself intended to continue to be read out over hundreds of thousands of disciples of Jesus all over the world for centuries upon centuries. And he designed it to have spiritual resonance, convicting power then in the first century, 2,000 years ago, and tonight in Vancouver, Washington in 2022. So with that in mind, let's talk through the letter that we now call James. James. Iakobos, Iakov, Jacob, a servant of God and of the Lord, Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. But let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 
But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded, unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation because they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will pass away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life the Lord promised those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me because God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. And desire, when it is full grown, gives birth to sin. Sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you that can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Because anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in a mirror and after seeing themselves goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. But anyone who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, not just hearing it, but continuing in it, doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Whoever considers themselves religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceives themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God the Father considers pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. My dear brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a rich man in fine clothes and a gold ring comes into your meeting, but a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man in fine clothes and say, ooh, here's a seat for you, but say to the man in filthy old clothes, hey, you stand over there or sit at the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with wicked hearts? My brothers and sisters, has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to become rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom? He promised those who love him, but you, you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones dragging you into court? Are they not the ones blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. 
But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as a lawbreaker. For anyone who keeps the whole law and stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. So speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to those who have not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it? brothers and sisters. If someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without food and daily clothes. If you say to them, oh, go in peace, be warm and well-fed, but do nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Faith, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone's going to say, oh, you have faith, I have deeds. Well, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe there's one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish people, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled. It said, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is declared righteous, not by faith alone, but by what they do. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in another direction. Not many of you should presume to become teachers, brothers and sisters, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what they say, then they're perfect ever to keep their, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they're very big and driven by great winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. The tongue is also a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, curse human beings made in God's image. Out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. Brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can salt water flow from a fresh spring? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt water flow from a fresh spring. Who is wise and discerning among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or hide the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Because where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you have disorder and every evil practice. 
But the wisdom from heaven is first of all pure and then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives to spend what you get on your own pleasure. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Anyone who chooses to become a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he caused to dwell in us? That is why scripture says that God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Grieve and mourn and wail. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Turn your laughter into weeping and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. For anyone who speaks against a brother or sister and judges them speaks against the law and judges it. If you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save or destroy, but you, who are you to judge your brother or sister? Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that place, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're like a a mist that's here for a moment and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good that they ought to do and does not do it, it is sin for them. Now, listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your silver and gold have corroded and their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your field are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You've fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the earth to yield its valuable crops, patiently awaiting the autumn and spring rain? You too. Be patient, stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. As an example of patience and suffering, 
Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed all those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all else, brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth. All you need to say is yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone among you happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, their sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being just as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain on the earth, and it did not rain for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. These words are inspired by God. Now, let us pray and invite the Holy Spirit to compel us to obedience to the scriptures and to the teachings of Jesus the King. Thanks for listening to Vance City. You can connect with us and find more teachings and available resources at www.vancity.church. You can support Vance City financially at vancity.church/give.